0: Later, some of the Noldor went to Eregion, upon the west of the Misty Mountains, and near to the west gate of Moria. This they did because they learned that Mithril had been discovered in Moria. The Noldor were great craftsmen, and less unfriendly to the dwarves than the Sindar, but the friendship that grew between the people of Durin and the elven smiths of Eregion was the closest that there has ever been between the two races. Celebrimbor was lord of Aregion, and the greatest of their craftsmen, for he was descended from Feanor."
1: Of course he was. I'm Danny J. And
0: I'm Joel N., and we are... Keep, Keep on Tolkien, Tolkien!
1: Of course. Welcome
0: back, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 73. <sighs> yeah, we're six episodes into season six already. Wow. Things are moving right on along. And we uh, hope you've been enjoying our theme for this uh, half of the season, which has been the new uh, Rings of Power show, essentially. Yeah, we're trying to stay relevant with the Rings of Power show. Yeah, yeah. We've either been talking about the Rings of Power show or subjects related there, too. And Pretty today much. we've got another one for you. Yes, yes, yes. Today we're going to be talking about Eregion. But before we get too far into things, announcements
1: announcements the one and only announcement <laughs> the only announcement
0: we have uh, Merch. Uh,
1: merch available yay new t-shirts designs and other merch to come in the future guys but just give it a check out it's keep dash on dash tolkien dash podcast dot
0: yeah we've had a lot of fun putting in you know some artistic effort into making those. And, yeah. And, and, you know, enlisting some of our friends to do the same. We're, we're proud of our friends.
1: And if you're a Trevor Stan, like I know you are, he designed some of those t-shirts. He uh, famously designed the shafted t-shirt. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite ones.
0: Get in there and check some of those out. Bigger sizes coming soon.
1: Yeah, bigger sizes coming soon. And just a word on T-Mill. They're a really cool company. Uh, they're uh, super environmentally friendly, if that's mm-hmm. your thing. I really like that about them.
0: But, yeah. So, check us out there, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So... Today's subject, we're going to be talking about the Realm of Eregion. 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 And some of you may be wondering what this is. If you watch the show, you probably know what we're talking about. But uh, real quick, briefly, what is the Realm of Eregion?
1: Well, it's a land of the elves in the west of Middle-earth during the Second Age. It's famous for its smithwork and the friendship of its people with the dwarves of nearby
0: Khazad-dûm. Yeah, and the elves of Eregion are uh, famous for coming under the influence of Sauron and unwittingly aiding him in making the Rings of Power. Oops. Oops. Yeah, and we got to see uh, some of these things come into play in the in the show. Oh, totally. It's going some names and titles for Eregion. Yeah, there's not too many. So we've got the name most people know it by, Eregion, which is a Sindarin name for Holly Region.
1: Yeah, there you go. And then uh, we got Holland Land or Holland, which is west round for land of
0: holly. Yeah, a lot of, lot of holly-related shit. A lot of holly going on there. Turns out there's a lot of holly that grows there, if you didn't guess by Back now. the
1: halls with boughs of holly. That's the lyric, la, right? La,
0: la, 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 oh, la, shit, Christmas la, 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 is coming up. Oh, my God, you guys, it's uh, here. I feel like it came so quick this, this year.
1: This, when they hear this episode, it's going to be even closer to I Christmas. I know, it's oh, going to so close. It's, it's upon oh, us. Oh, man, it's upon us, guys. Hopefully, uh, you're all in a good headspace this time of year. But it, just got, it just started getting really dark really soon here. In, where we uh, are, yeah. yeah. It's
0: that time of the year where the days are shorter. Oh, it gets, yeah. By the time when I get up to go to work, the sun is just rising. And when I come home from work <laughs> at the end setting. of the day, the, the sun... Yeah, literally when I get home from work, is sunset.
1: Yeah, if you sleep off a hangover, you <sighs> just sleep into the next night, you know. But let's,
0: let's jump out of the real world because it sucks. Because it sucks. Because it sucks. Let's go back into the... The fantasy realm. So, Eregion. Let's get into a little bit of the origins of this region. So,
1: at the end of the First Age, most of the Naldor who, rema- who remained in Middle-earth, they dwelt in Lindon, under the rule of gil their high king.
0: Yeah, after seven centuries, some of the elves that were living in Lindon, they chose to depart, and they traveled eastward, drawn by the promise of recently discovered Mithril in the minds of the dwarves of the Misty Mountains.
1: Mithril, Mithril!
0: Yeah, so some of these elves went uh, out towards the Misty Mountains, you know, drawn by the promise of Mithril, kind of like a gold rush, I guess you could say. A Mithril rush. A Mithril rush. And they developed the region of Eregion in the year 750 of the Second Age. Yeah, 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 they sure did. And we've got an excerpt here from the Appendix B, The Tale of Years. In the beginning of this age, many of
1: the high elves still remained, most of these dwelt in Lindon, west of Eredluin. But before the building of Baradur, many of the Sindar passed eastward, and some established realms in the forests far away, where their people were mostly Sylvan elves. Thanduril, king of the north of the Greenwood the Great, was one of these. In Lindon, north of the Loon, dwelt Gilgalad, last heir of the kings of the Noldor in exile. Later, some of the Noldor went to Eregion. Upon the west of the Misty Mountains and near to the west gate of Moria, Celebrimbor was lord of Eregion and the greatest of their craftsmen. He was descended from Feanor.
0: Yeah, Celebrimbor the Elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't Grand-
1: like his dad though, remember? Because his dad is an
0: asshole. Right. Yeah. Grandson of Feanor. Uh, he's the son of Celebrimbor. Son of is it Curufin? Curufin. Yep. Yeah. Curufin. Yeah. Famous asshole. Famous asshole. One of the seven sons of Feanor.
1: Yeah. What? Uh. He. Uh. So Celebrimbor used to live in uh, fucking Nargothrond. Then.
0: He did. He used to yeah. live in Nargothrond because his father and his uncle lived there for a while. Uh, that all comes into play in the Baron and Luthien tale
1: yeah that's right yeah and when they kick them out of Nargothrond yeah like see ya dad you fucked up. I'm done with you. Bye. Yeah, the
0: events of Baron and Luthian are essentially what expose Celebrimbor's father to be such a fucking asshole because he's one of the people that locked up Luthian, right? Right. And that's essentially what they find out, and that they let Baron, or no, that they let uh, Finrod die. That was the big. Yeah, that was yeah. the big thing. That's what we're. They pissed set up about. Finrod. For they his set death. up. The, they let the. They let the king fucking die, and then, uh, yeah, and then Celebrimbor also. Celebrimbor disowns his father after that.
1: Kelly was in Nargothrond when they reforged Gurthang or Angle Kel into Gurthang, remember?
0: You know what? That's true.
1: That's our theory that he might have done that.
0: Yeah, I forgot all about that. We had one of that we had that old Tolkienering theory, yeah. Yeah. Because little, he would have been hands down the best Smith they had.
1: Little flashback. This is just not in the episode even. We just that, must, that <laughs> might be a
0: flashback to the first season, dude. Holy oh, yeah. shit. That's oh, years yeah. ago. That's like five years ago. I remember everything. Good job, man. You got the you got a good memory. I do. Uh
1: that's why I never forget horrific uh tra- tra- traumatic incidents, you know. <laughs> but anyway, let's get more into uh, Celebrimbor.
0: So, considering that Calibrimbor is generally accepted to be a region's leader, it would be natural to assume that region was founded by Celebrimbor. But Tolkien never actually explicitly states this anywhere. In the published works, Tolkien's only definitive comment on
1: Eregion's foundation is from The Tale of Years in Appendix B, and that says, 750, Eregion founded by the Noldor.
0: Yeah. Kind of a, a vaguely curious statement, because you'd think if Celebrimbor was meant to be the founder, uh, you'd think that you'd see his name appear somewhere. He, he was already a very prominent character at this point. So some people think, you know, it's it's weird that he essentially would have purposely left that blank and not written Celebrimbor in.
1: I have a theory. What's that? So I talked about this earlier. This is getting uh, a little leftist, but this is it's got a little leftist language, right? OK. So my theory is that this is an anarchist group. This is an anarcho syndicalist union of people living in Ereinion because oh. they are a, they are basically run by like a labor union syndicate, right? We'll get to that, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Mirdane. Mm-hmm. and also they have no explicit leader really. They say Celebrimbor is the greatest craftsman of them all.
0: Sure, sure, He's kind yeah. of their lord, right? Sort of, yeah. But they yeah. don't have. Yeah, you're right. They don't have any express leader like Rivendell. The Lord of Rivendell is Elrond, mm-hmm. right? And then like the king, high king is, is in Lindon and, yeah. you know, in Lorien, you've got. The, uh, and in Oregion you got who? The most experienced elders, right? Elder craftsmen. A group of people.
1: A group of people mm-hmm. who are qualified and no shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And are generally the general consensus elects them to be leaders. Right? And pretty
0: much everyone that moved to live in Ereregian are there for work reasons. Like the, yeah. the 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 whole reason that area was established was due to the closeness to the mines of Moria and the Mithril. And they're all about forging there. They're all Noldor
1: kind of sounds like anarcho-syndicalism to me.
0: It kind of does. We were <laughs> me and Danny were just having this conversation <laughs> before we started the episode. It was actually actually really interesting cuz it Cause does I, fit there, very well.
1: And there are uh, like uh the Miles of Syrian is another place that uh, uh you could consider an anarchist uh place.
0: Oh yeah, that was that well that was almost like a refugee camp. Although I suppose they were there for a very long time. It w- it was more than just a camp. It was mm-hmm. a yeah, it became a society. It was a settlement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: Yeah, but anyway, that's for the uh, Patreon episode Anarchism and Leftism in Middle Earth.
0: (laughs) There you go. Now we'll have to make that. (laughs) Give to the Patreon, Patreon! So the founding of Reggian happened in the year 750. Uh, Tolkien didn't explicitly say who the leader was or who founded it. Um, Because they were anarchists. Because they're, yeah, because they're anarchists. (laughs) Um, That could be it. But also, there is this. In the Unfinished Tales, we get an alternate version of the story where Tolkien states that Aregian was founded by Galadriel and Celeborn before they moved across the mountains and settled in Lorien.
1: Yeah, in this version, Oregion was founded by Galadriel and Celeborn in uh, Second Age 700 versus 750, and they ruled until 1350. And we got an excerpt about that, and where is this from? The Unfinished Tales, yeah, so this is not quite canon stuff. This is Chapter, A History of Galadriel and Celeborn, A very confusing chapter. Here we go, guys.
0: Celeborn and Galadriel, therefore, went eastwards about the year 700 of the Second Age and established the Noldoran realm of Eregion. It may be that Galadriel chose it because she knew of the dwarves of Khazad-dûm, Galadriel was far-sighted, and she perceived from the beginning that Middle-earth would not be saved from the residue of evil that Morgoth had left behind, save by a union of all the peoples who were in their way and in their measure opposed to him. She looked upon the dwarves also with the eye of a commander, seeing in them the finest warriors to pit against the orcs. Moreover, Galadriel was a Noldo. And she had a natural sympathy with their minds and their passionate love of crafts of hand. Sympathy much greater than that found among many other of the Eldar. The dwarves were the children of Aule, and Galadriel, like others of the Noldor, had been a pupil of Aule and Yavanna in Valinor. Of course, yeah, lived in Valinor. Yeah, so here in the Unfinished Tales, which, like Danny said, is since it's from the Unfinished Tales, it's technically not canon. Um, anything from the unfinished tales is in, in that book because it's unfinished. Questionable. So it's I mean, questionable. I
1: some of it's canon, like uh the third age stuff with the Rohirrim and stuff, that's all canon.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to say what isn't, isn't canon. Especially in this within, Galadriel chapter. Yeah, within the Unfinished Tales. Because there's a lot of contradicting information. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things. So in the a lot of other places, it says that uh, the Aragion was fond- founded by the Noldor in the year 750. And then now in this version, it's founded by Galadriel and Celeborn, which I guess you could say Galadriel is a Noldor. Yes. And, uh, but in this, it was founded in 750. And yeah, there's just so much more information to it. Mm -hmm. But since it was an unfinished tale, it's technically not... Never made it into the actual narrative.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, the the Celeborn and Galadriel narrative is so messed up. (laughs) There's so many versions of it. Yeah, he was doing so
0: much retconning with that. Yeah. So this account from the Unfinished Tales, it continues stating that after the year 1350... Galadriel and Celeborn crossed the Misty Mountains over to Lorien, their new kingdom, which becomes Lothlórien as we know. And this is would this would be when the Myrdain under Kelebrimbor began ruling Arregian instead of, you know, right off the bat like in the version that's technically canon.
1: Is this when they called it uh Lindorland, right? Yes. Which meant Valley of the Singers, right?
0: Valley of the Golden, I think.
1: Oh damn. Um, there's another n- name for it that means Valley of the Singers, and I can't remember what it is. Yeah, this is
0: before it becomes known as Lothlorien. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it isn't quite clear to what extension, you know, like we said before, this account from the Unfinished Tales can be taken as canon. It doesn't. It isn't completely consistent with stuff that's in The Lord of the Rings, but, you know, a lot of this remains really interesting possibilities.
1: Yeah. All right, let's get into some geography. How about that? Yeah,
0: a little bit of geography. So there's not a ton. It was a kind of a small region. And it didn't exist for terribly long. No. As far as elves are concerned. Around a
1: thousand years or so.
0: But, uh, so what we know is uh, Eregion is a region on the western side of the Misty Mountains, south of Rivendell. We've got a little excerpt here from the Silmarillion of the Rings of of Power and of the Third Age. Others of the Eldar there were who
1: crossed the mountains of Ered in that age and passed into the inner lands. But only in Eregion, which men call Holland. Did elves of the Noldorin race establish a lasting realm beyond the Arid Luwin?
0: Yeah, so the general geography of Eregion is, it's generally established. We know where it was on the west side of the Misty Mountains, kind of in the foothills. Um, but the location of its capital, known as Ost-in-Eddil, it's kind of unclear exactly where that was. Mm-hmm. We do know
1: that there was a main road that ran from Casadum along the stream Siriannon. Is that how you say that? Siriannon. Sirenan, sorry. And we know that this road was, quote, the only road of old to, uh, to Moria from the west. That's from *The Fellowship of the Ring*, *A Journey in the Dark*.
0: Yeah, so we can safely assume that this road would lead to Austin Edith, Aust- Austin Edil. Oh, I always have pronoun- uh, issues pronouncing that. That D H sound, yeah. that's that D H, a- That's it's- a
1: Germanic word or letter that we don't use in English.
0: Danny was trying to help instruct me on how to pronounce that because it's almost like a T. Like a
1: th- or a, duh. yeah.
0: The or a, yeah. yeah. Austin Edil. Uh, So we can safely assume that this road would lead to the capital, Austin Edel, uh, which would place the city probably somewhere on the River Cyrenon. But there are some who suspect that it may have possibly been a little further west, somewhere on the banks of the next river over, the Glanduin. Glanduin. But we know that it was built on a river. On a river, as most cities would be, especially Elven cities. South of of Rivendell. And I actually really liked uh, how they... Uh, and pictured it in the show. I thought yeah, it, was gorgeous. it was cool. It was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I liked it.
0: And the big super forge that they yeah, built the, or whatever. the gigantic <laughs> super forge. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that was cool. So let's get into that relationship between Eregion and Khazad-Dum.
0: Yeah, because that's the whole reason that Eregion was built there.
1: Of course. The elves of Eregion, they lived in harmony and traded freely with the dwarven civilization of Khazad-Dum.
0: Yeah, a high road, like we had mentioned, ran from the capital of Austin Edville to khazad Doom's west gates. And the Noldor and the dwarves developed a very close friendship, like we kind of mentioned earlier. We've got Super tight, because remember, they both love Aule. They both love Aule.
1: Yeah, and we got a quote from the Silmarillion. Uh, this is from the Of the Rings of Power in the Third Age chapter. Here we go.
0: Aregian was nigh to the great mansions of the dwarves that were named Khazad-dûm, but by the elves Hed-Hodrund, and afterwards Moria. From Austin Edhil, the city of the elves the high road ran to the west gate of Doom, for a friendship arose between dwarves and elves such as has never elsewhere been to the enrichment of both those peoples
1: yeah so this is a um, an example of when cultures can get along they can both enrich each other yeah immensely. rather than
0: focusing on what makes them different they focused on the one thing that they both love which is craftsmanship
1: wow it's almost like you could Just, you know, find something in common with almost anybody and create a peaceful civilization. It's
0: crazy. It's weird. It's a crazy thought. Crazy concept.
1: Crazy concept.
0: So... Uh, back to the Unfinished Tales. So in the Unfinished Tales, where it talks about this version of Eregion where uh, Galadriel and Celeborn are its founders, uh, in this area, Tolkien also discusses that it may have been due to the foresight of Galadriel that the Noldor founded Eregion so close to khazad Doom. We've got a uh, quick excerpt here from the Unfinished Tales, the history of Galadriel and Celeborn, that wonderful, wonderful, long, long chapter.
1: Helleborn and Galadriel therefore went eastward about the year 700 of the Second Age, and established the Noldorin realm of Eregion. It may be that Galadriel chose it because she knew of the dwarves of Khazad-dûm. Galadriel was far-sighted, and she perceived from the beginning that Middle-earth would not be saved from the residue of evil that Morgoth had left behind, save by a union of all the peoples who were in their way and in their measure opposed to him. She looked upon the dwarves also with the eye of a commander, seeing in them the finest warriors to pit against the orcs. Moreover, Galadriel was an oldo, and she had a natural sympathy with their minds and their passion, their passionate love of crafts of hand, sympathy much greater than that found among many of the Eldar. The dwarves were the children of Aule, and Galadriel, like the others of the Noldor, had been a pupil of Aule and Yavanna in Valinor.
0: Yeah, so they had a lot in common.
1: Yeah, they love the same god. It's funny because there's some religions on our on our planet that have the same god and they hate each other.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to think about. It's weird. At least they get along here. Yeah. Um. So the Noldor and the dwarves, they cooperate together for about a thousand years. And both the dwarves and the Noldor benefited from the trade of goods and knowledge.
1: Yeah, the Noldor even introduced the dwarves to a more developed form of Kirth runes that they called... Angerthas Dairon, or the alphabet of Dairon. A little bit on Dairon. That's uh, Dairon, the um, the minstrel, the minstrel, yeah, whom actually fell in love with Luthien,
0: yeah, friend of Luthien in Doriath, back in the back in Doriath in the yeah. first stage. So he, he was would a, sing
1: and she would dance, and it was apparently like the shit, like just to watch that happen.
0: Yeah, apparently he was one of the most. Uh, he was uh, one of the one minstrel. of the most skilled minstrels. He was also apparently a very good writer. He developed an entire alphabet, an yeah. entire text known as Kirth runes. Yeah. So the Noldor introduced the dwarves to a more developed form of these Kirth runes. Um, the Noldor had taken the original Kirth, known as Kirthas Dehran, and they further developed the alphabet using some inspiration from their own language, Sindarin, to essentially make the alphabet more usable by other languages
1: before we get into this just a little bit more on darana right this dude was the greatest musician of all time it developed languages and luthien he was her number two yep how cool is baron yeah (laughs) how how cool must baron yeah how cool was baron be that this guy was just like not good enough not good this
0: guy was like amazing
1: yeah dude we got a um um excerpt here um this is from the lord of the rings appendix e writing and spelling so this is a little bit about the
0: language The elves of the west, indeed, for the most part, gave up the use of runes altogether. In the country of Oregon, however, the alphabet of Daeron was maintained in use and passed thence to Moria, where it became the alphabet most favored by the dwarves. It remained ever after in the use among them and passed with them to the north. Hence, in later times, it was often called Angerthas Moria, or Long Runes of Moria. As with their speech, the dwarves made use of such scripts as were current, and many wrote the Feanorian letters skillfully. But for their own tongue, they adhered to the Kurth and developed written pen forms from them.
1: Fascinating.
0: Yeah, so the dwarves really picked up Kirth ruins, especially when it came to Ku's Duel, their language.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. I did not know that that uh, originated from the Elvish Kirth. Yeah, which is Which we really said cool. is the original language of the Sindarin, right? Are yeah, they...
0: of the Sindar, yeah, yeah, from the First Age. Yeah, Tolkien, everything Tolkien did <laughs> began based around these languages, so yep. the languages are really cool.
1: Really thought out. In the uh the rare friendship between the elves and dwarves, that was the closest in history we've ever known it to be.
0: Yeah, between dwarves and elves ever.
1: Celebrimbor became close friends with a famous dwarven smith Narvi, and they became homies for life.
0: For real, they were super tight. Two like soup. They were like the the two best smiths that either of their peoples had at the time.
1: Yeah, and Narvi's going to be in uh, Rings of Power season two. Yeah, confirmed
0: for season two. Yeah,
1: that's going to be fun.
0: Friend of Celebrimbor, so that'll be cool.
1: Uh, Celebrimbor even helped Narvi construct the famous West Gates of Moria. Now,
0: yeah, those glowing gates with the Ithilden, uh letters. Yeah. Very cool stuff. So, within Oregon, an important society or guild of craftsmen emerged with Celebrimbor as its leader. And this is the gwaith i that we've referenced a few times.
1: Yeah, like I said, essentially a labor union.
0: Yeah, let's, let's talk about them a little more in depth because we cannot talk about Eregion without talking about the Gwathi Myrdain. They are incredibly important, especially when it comes to the Rings of Power. Of course. The Gwathi Myrdain
1: was a brotherhood of elven master craftsmen in the Second Age. Um, the Noldor were a people who, uh, who esteemed knowledge and craft. And among the settlers in Eregion was Celebrimbor, the grandson of the great artisan Feanor, along with many other talented craftsmen.
0: Yeah, and all these very talented craftsmen, they formed a powerful and influential society of Jewelsmiths, and they took their name from the Elvish Myrdain, which means Jewel Smith, becoming known in full as the gwaith E Mirdane, or the people of the Jewel Smiths. Yes, their whole, Oregion's whole culture was essentially built around this.
1: So check this, right? Their main job is to do uh, smithery, right? Mm-hmm. So they elect the people who are best at smithery to be their leaders, right?
0: Right. Does that sound, Crazy concept.
1: Sounds like anarchism to me. Crazy right? concept. There's actually an anarchist saying, <laughs> in the matters of the boot, consult the bootmaker. <laughs> so that natural authority is there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I mean, it makes sense.
1: And its authority, derived fr- derivative of uh, their knowledge, rather than the threat of violence. Yeah, there you and go. that's
0: that's exactly what this is. This is an entire all of Eregion was developed around smithing, crafting, because of being so close to khazad Doom and the yeah. resources they could get. Mm-hmm. And now you've got this group of the best craftsmen, the Guethium mirdane and actually sometimes leading, they, too. yeah, they lead it. Uh, sometimes they actually uh, abbreviate their name to just Mirdain, just the jewel smiths. The jewel smiths. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they were the ones that constructed the Great Hall in the capital of Austin-Edthil, and that Great Hall was called the House of the Myrdain, and it contained all of their fancy forges and workshops as well as treasuries to hold all of their various crazy works. It must have been a pretty crazy place to be.
1: Yeah, the Gwaiths were said to be the most talented smiths and artisans since Feanor himself.
0: Uh, and that was actually Celebrimbor's grandfather. Yeah, as we've mentioned a few times. Yeah, uh, you got you got to remember that. he got to remember that. You Got to remember that. Got to drive that home. Like this is the last surviving of the line of Feanor.
1: Yeah, remember in the show they had the ha- Celebrimbor had Feanor's hammer. Yeah, that was pretty that cool. was pretty sick. I kind of I was kind of pretty... like wow, that's cool. That
0: is that was pretty cool. Uh, that was one of the little, little nuggets that I loved. From yeah, that little show. Nerd,
1: nerd, little nerd nugget, little nerd nugget.
0: So here's a little nerd nugget from the Silmarillion of the Rings of Power in the Third Age. In Eregion the craftsmen of the Gwaithy-Mirdane, the people of the Jewelsmiths,
1: surpassed in cunning all that have ever wrought, save only Feanor himself, and indeed greatest in skill among them was Celebrimbor, son of Curufin, who was estranged from his father.
0: Yeah, as we mentioned earlier, from the first stage, everything that happened with Baron and Luthien didn't like his dad. Oh,
1: there's a dick. Yeah, and he set up King Fel- King Felagun for the
0: knockoff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they fucking hated him.
1: Kind of broke their oath a little bit. That's kind of considered oath-breaking, don't you think? They sat aside and let somebody else die fulfilling their oath rather than help them.
0: I guess I wouldn't consider that oath-breaking.
1: It's bending. It's oath-bending.
0: I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, so that uh, that is what uh, brings about the Gwethi Mirdane, and they are generally considered the rulers of Eregion for most of its existence. And they prospered in Eregion, and they grew immensely wealthy over centuries.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it, guys. That great creation of the rings, slash the downfall, slash fall of Eregion.
0: Yeah, because the rings kind of are the fall of Oregion. Sure are. So the Myrdain they had been crafting their jewels in Oregion for more than four centuries, when, in the year twelve hundred of the second age, a strange visitor came to them, calling himself Anatar, Lord of Gifts.
1: And we of course know as the reader that <laughs> this this is Sauron in his fair form, trying to win the trust of the elves.
0: Yeah, he presented himself as an agent of the Valar. Who was in Middle Earth to help the children of Il-Avatar. He Yeah, he straight up, <laughs> straight up lied and just like, "Yeah, I'm from the yeah, Valar. I'm here to I'm help."
1: From, I'm from the Valar. They, the gods, they said I'm cool. At this point, Sauron or Anatar had already been denied the friendship of Gilgalad and Elrond. They were too smart. They saw through the shit.
0: Yeah, they knew something was up with this guy right from the start. and They're just like, "No,
1: vibe check failed," as Ella, our friend, would say. Vibe
0: check failed. However. The Noldoran
1: smiths of Ereinion—they were more open to his friendship, mainly because of the knowledge that he lured them with. Remember, the downfall of the Noldor is always their yep. seeking of knowledge. I was going to hit the table, but that would sound—that's how horrific. that's how
0: Melkor got them originally, too, in the years yep. of the trees.
1: Yep, always with that thirst of knowledge. And you we think got, they'd
0: learn by now? But mm, you think you think they'd they're learn. so damn thirsty? Yep, thirsty ass sons of bitches, thirsting for that knowledge, thirsting, thirsting for that knowledge. Uh, this And then
1: we got a quote here from the Silmarillion
0: about all that jazz. It was in Eregion that the councils of Sauron were most gladly received, for in that land the Naldor desired ever to increase their skill and subtlety of their works. Moreover, they were not at peace in their hearts since they had refused to return into the west, and they desired both to stay in Middle-earth, which indeed they loved, and yet to enjoy the bliss of those that had departed. Therefore they hearkened to Sauron, and they learned of him many things, for his knowledge was great. And in those days the smiths of the Austin ethil surpassed all that they had contrived before, and they took thought, and they made rings of power. But Sauron guided their labors, and he was aware of all that they did, for his desire was to set a bond upon the elves and to bring them under his vigilance.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah, this is uh, he's definitely premeditated. Oh yeah, he's scheming. Yeah, this would be uh, murder in the third degree. Is that premeditated or is it first? First, first is premeditated. First is yeah. Yeah. Oh Pre- man,
1: premeditated Moida.
0: Pre- premeditated trickery right here.
1: So and now let's switch back to non-canon land. Yeah. So <laughs> the
0: following is an account of what happens next in the unfinished tales version of the story. You know, where Galadriel and Celeborn were the founders and early leaders of Ereinion. So let's jump back into uh, the part, the tale that includes Celeborn and Galadriel. This is a excerpt from the unfinished tales. Again, the history of Galadriel and Celeborn. Sauron used all his arts upon Celebrimbor and his fellow smiths,
1: who had formed a society of brotherhood very powerful in Aragion, the Gwaithi Mirdane. But he worked in secret, unknown to Galadriel and Celeborn. Before long, Sauron had the Gwaithi Mirdane under his influence, for at first they had great profit from his instruction in secret matters of their craft. So great became his hold on the Mirdane that at length he persuaded them to revolt against Galadriel and Celeborn and to seize power in Eregion. And that was sometime between 1350 and 1400 of the Second Age. Galadriel thereupon left Eregion and passed through khazad into Loren- Lorenand.
0: Yeah, so that it would be why Galadriel and Celeborn left Oregion at least in this version of the tale that includes them they were ousted by a people's the, revolution they were ousted by the Gwethi yeah so that's even more anarchist because yeah the, they, they overthrew they, their, they over, their leaders yeah. they overthrew the fucking uh Tolkien
1: was into this leftism shit I know it right
0: yeah <laughs> apparently <laughs> well apparently he thought the Gwethi sure were
1: yeah exactly So Anatar, he taught the Gwaith much, and in Second Age 1500, he assisted them in the making of 16 rings of power.
0: Yeah, and after Anatar taught and assisted the Gwaith with creating the rings of power, he mysteriously left Eregion. Mm. Uh, but Celebrimbor smiths, they proceeded to forge three more rings on their own without With uh, all of the knowledge that they had already gained from Sauron mm-hmm. uh, But uh, their forging was completed around the year uh, 19, uh, 1590 of the Second Age And Anatar didn't learn about any of these And they were unsullied, free from his corrupted influence
1: Indeed When Sauron created the One Ring in 2nd Age 1600, the elves who wore the Rings of Power heard his voice and and realized that they had been deceived.
0: Yeah, so while those three rings of Elven, three Elven rings that were unsullied by Sauron's corrupt influence in their making, they were still subject to the One. So when the One was made, yeah, they felt that and they realized that they had been deceived. And in the year 1693, Celebrimbor sent his three rings out of Aregion for safekeeping. He of course gave Nenya to Galadriel and Lothlórien,
1: who advised him to send the other two to Lindon away from Sauron. So he gave Vilya to Gilgalad and Narya to Kirdan, both in Lindon.
0: Yeah, and this brings us to a, a little segment here that uh, we decided to call
1: Middle-earth Home Shopping Network. Middle-earth Home Shopping Network. <laughs>
0: Yeah, get ready for this, guys. So this is just a, a fun little bit that we thought of.
1: Yeah, we thought maybe this is how um, it could have happened. This is another like what if type of goofy, yeah, a, goo- did, a goofy uh, what if.
0: How did how did uh, Sauron go about distributing all sixteen of those rings yeah. of power? We 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 had a little fun pretending. So let's <laughs> let's check this out.
1: All right, let's take it away to Middle Earth Home Shopping Network, guys. Hey there, elves, men, and dwarves. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Middle-Earth Home Shopping Network. I'm your humble host, Anatar. We've got some really, really special items up for sale on your program tonight. And what's special about those items, you ask? Well, everything we sell here at Middle-Earth Home Shopping Network is special, but today is different today we will be selling magical rings made by yours truly and the folks of the gwaith emir dane all right let's get to where it gets, let's get right to it with our first caller hello friend can you hear me uh, hello 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 am, am i coming through fine yes caller you are coming through fine just fine clear and plain and fine am i coming through fine
0: Yes, 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 just fine, just fine. Then as you say, we're both coming through just fine. How are you today? Oh, fine, just fine. I was just calling to see if you had any of those magic rings you were talking about. Why, yes, yes, of course. We have plenty of magic rings to sell to our most valued
1: customers.
0: Wow, that's great. Well, I'm a dwarf calling from the Iron Hills, and I was just wondering if you had something to maybe increase the power and prosperity of our dwarven kingdom out here why yes yes i have just the thing for you wow that's just great anatar i mean i knew you'd come through for me yes of course would you like to see what i have here for you yes yes please show me friend all right you asked for it and middle earth
1: home shopping network delivers it for you today here on live television we have a beautiful magic ring Ooh, look at that wow That's right, by owning this ring, you will have the power beyond your wildest dreams! You'll be the richest and most prosperous dwarf dwarf the Iron Hills has ever seen, my friend! Oh, goody, I bet it's pretty expensive, though. Actually, 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 today, we have seven of these beauties to sell. Oh, wow, seven, huh? That's right, and since the dwarves have been such great customers over the years, here's what we are gonna do, guys. My producers won't be happy about this, but... Today, we are prepared to send you and six of your closest dwarf friends these beautiful magic rings completely free of charge. Whoa, free? Are you sure? That's kind of crazy. That's right. Call me crazy, but we're
0: giving them away. In fact, they will be sent to you in express shipping. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. That. Wait a second. There's uh... Sorry, There's someone at my door. Well, this is live
1: TV, so let's give our friend a minute to answer the door. That's right, though, friends. We are crazy, and we are giving away magic rings only here on Middle Earth Home Shopping Network. That's right. Let's see if our friend is back.
0: Hello? Oh, gosh. Hello, Mr. Dwarf. Yeah, hello. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. It's here. It's here already. The ring is here. It's It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Now, that's what I call express shipping. <laughs> are you happy with your ring, Mr. Dwarf? Oh, yes. Oh, mahal, yes. Thank you so much, Anatar. You're the greatest. Oh, uh, well, shucks. Thank you. You and your six friends will soon be very
1: powerful and very, very rich, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. All right, caller, you have a good night now and enjoy your ring. Thank you. Oh, Mahala, Bless you. Oh, goodbye. All right, you saw it here, folks. We are giving magic rings away. Let's see who our next caller is. Hello, caller. Am I coming through fine? Oh, yes, just fine. That's just fine. What can we do for you today, caller?
2: Well, you see, I'm a king of men, but I am old, very old. I was just wondering if you had anything that wouldn't
1: help increase my years walking among this earth. Oh, well, that's a common problem among the kings of men, I hear. Oh, yes. Well, I tell you what I'm going to do for you and eight of your closest kings of men friends. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. What can you do for me, Anatar? Well, we've got another special magic ring here made by yours truly along with my Gwaith friends over in Eregion. Oh gosh, a magic ring? That's right, my lord. A magic ring that will expand the time you will walk among this earth for longer than you could
2: ever hope for. Oh wow, that would be just great. Oh wait, there's someone at the door. Just a second.
1: <laughs> All right, folks. While he answers the door, let's talk about what you just saw. I'm Anatar, and we are here giving away free, free magic rings. Only here on Middle Earth Home Shopping Network. Let's see if our friend got his gift. Mm, hello. Hello there, my lord. Have you gotten your gift via our express shipping? Why, yes. It's here,
2: and it's beautiful. I can actually feel my life extending as I put it on. I feel powerful. Well, that's great, my
1: lord. I wish you and your eight friends will be more than happy with your gifts. Goodbye now, my lord. Goodbye. And, um, um,
2: thank God for you, Anatar. Thank God for you.
1: All right, then. Well, folks, before we go, there's something I should probably, uh, I should probably ought to let you know, let you all in on here. What? Sorry, my producer's in my ear. What? Celebrimbor wants to talk.
2: What? Now?
1: But we're live. Fine, fine, put him on. All right, folks, it looks like we have a caller from Oregon and it's Celebrimbor, grandson of Feonor. How are you today, Kella Celebrimbor? Oh fine, just fine. How are you, Anatar? Fine, just fine. What do we owe the pleasure of your call? Live on air here on Middle Earth Home
0: Shopping Network and nowhere else. Well, I have something to tell you and I hope you won't be mad.
1: Oh, uh, um okay. Uh what do you have to say here
2: live
0: here on television? I know we've always discussed something going wrong with the rings. Okay. Well, you know how you were staying here in Oregon and helping us make some rings and stuff? Um, yeah, I remember. Well, that summer in 1590, you went home to visit your sick mom. Well, I kind of made three rings of my own, uh, without you. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, and to be honest, I think they might be better and more powerful than anything we made together. Oh, I see. Well, I have something to confess, too. Oh? my mom
1: she wasn't sick that summer oh really and you are all deceive for another ring was made what yep that's right
2: in the fires of Mount doom i forged a master ring one ring to rule them all ha oh no that's right i've been siren the whole time dummy and now I put on this ring and you will all be my
0: slaves.
2: Ahaha Suck it, free world. I, I don't care if we're live.
0: Ah, we uh ah, Yeah, we uh we took him off. What? Um what? Yeah. Uh yeah, we just kind of sensed you and so we just took him off. And uh you know what? I, you know what? Now I think we're gonna hide him. What?
2: No, you can't do that. You're supposed to be a slave. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, no, we just uh, we just took them off. Uh, no, not enslaved. Sorry.
2: God damn it! Fine, fine. Just give me those rings. I taught you how to make
0: them, and I want them back. You know, you know
2: what? Yeah, just just give them back.
0: Yeah, that's that's not going to happen.
2: What? No, no, no. This isn't how this is supposed to happen. If you don't give them back, I'm going to come get them. You know what? Fine, fine. Do it, pussy. What? Fuck, fuck you, you little phanorian Fuck, I'll get you. You little. Do he? Do you just hang up? that piece of shit i'll fucking kill him god damn it i don't care if we're alive. fine cut the fee i don't give a fuck
1: all right guys that's the
0: end of uh the um middle earth home shopping network <laughs> just some just some fun sauron getting get, given his rings out yeah that was
1: a weird one
0: yeah, some like he's kind of I don't know. We we're having fun. Came up with it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you got if any of you noticed, but uh, Dan, you put through in a few uh, a few references to Doctor Love Strange.
1: Yeah, one of our favorite movies, Doctor Strange Love.
0: Strange Love, Strange Love.
1: Strange Love. Yes, uh, I love that movie. I was I watched that scene earlier today. Or how
0: yeah. I learned to stop where how I learned to stop worrying and love, and love the bomb. bomb
1: by Stanley Kubrick, one of the greatest comedies ever made. <laughs>
0: So jumping back into uh, Eregion here, so after the rings were made and uh, Sauron made his one ring, the elves were aware of him. They took their rings off and Celebrimbor got all the rings out of Eregion. He gave them to Galadriel and Lothorion, Gilgalad, and Círdan over in Lindon. So Sauron then became very upset and began a campaign to retake the magic rings and destroy any resistance against him.
1: Mm-hmm. The elves of Eregion did not stand alone against Sauron. No, no. From Lindon, Gilgalad sent a force
0: commanded by Elrond to, lead, to lend them aid. But unfortunately, before Elrond could come to Eregion, the Dark Lord demanded that the rings of power be turned over to him, and when he was refused, he brought his full force against Eregion.
1: He's about to dick-slap Eregion, and here's a quote about it. From the Atlas of Middle-Earth, the Second Age... Advent of the Darkest. Is this about a dick slap? Is this quote about a dick slap, Joel?
0: Well, it kind of is about a dick slap, honestly. It's <laughs> okay. sort, of, sort of is about a dick slap. Well,
1: heres here it is, guys. A quote about the dick slap.
0: When Sauron realized that his deceptions were revealed, he chose to wage war to punish the elves, gain the rings, and establish his dominion. For a century, he built his armies. Then in 1695, he assailed Eregion. Gilgalad sent Elrond with aid to Austen-edil, but before he arrived in 1697, Calabrimbor was slain, and the city had fallen. Casadum and Lorinand assisted Elrond's forces, but they were too few to break the hold of Sauron, and Elrond retreated north. And the surviving Noldor, uh, along with the surviving Noldor, and they built Imladris.
1: Yep, that's how Valley of the Cleft became a thing. In yeah, they
0: the sort of yeah, it sort of began as a uh, refugee. refugee from the fall of Auregian. Yeah, yeah, refugee camp.
1: I love how that's how glam the elves are. Our refugee camp will be one of the greatest cities ever <laughs> the built, greatest ever. <laughs> they're, they're great.
0: So in the year 1697, this is when Austin Edel fell, and Celebrimbor himself leading a last desperate defense on the steps of the Jewel Smiths Guildhouse. Was also killed. He was taken captive by orcs, then
1: shot through with orc arrows, like St. Sebastian by some accounts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that wasn't in the outline, but I added it. It's true. Sauron used Celebrimbor's body as a banner and he turned to face Elrond's army approaching from the north.
0: That's pretty fucking metal.
1: It's pretty sick.
0: Yeah. So he chased off Elrond's armies using Celebrimbor's dead body.
1: Look what we did to. as a banner. Feanor's grandson here.
0: Yeah, that's pretty fucking intense. Um, so gather, uh, Sauron gathered up uh, what rings of power he could that remained, and he laid waste to the land of Eregion.
1: Yeah, we just learned it in another in the uh, Mordor episode, it was for six years, remember? Mm-hmm. Just raided
0: the place. Just fucking destroyed that place. He literally razed it to the ground. And the surviving elves, uh, they either scattered, and there are various accounts of uh, their, their fates after that. But as we know, some fled northward to join Elrond's hosts and uh, they joined his forces as they retreated. Yeah, some of the elves of Eregion
1: settled at Rivendell when Elvron founded it shortly after. They were joined there by others of their kind who had escaped into the wild and only later found their way back to safety.
0: Yeah, many of these people seem to have later... Uh, many of the people from Eregion uh, seem to have later abandoned Middle-earth and eventually sailed west. So there weren't too many uh, folks from Eregion left after the fall. And after this, the realm of Eregion... Was gone, and that area became known as Holland. And uh, that is more or less brings us to the end of the history of Ereinion. It's not terribly long, but uh, it it was only around for like we said a thousand years. So we're, we figured it'd be appropriate to end off uh, this history with a lovely quote from the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Uh, the chapter, book two, chapter three, where the Ring goes south. So this is essentially when the love this chapter. Yeah, this is when the Fellowship comes across Holland, Old Eregion for the first time.
1: The travelers reached a low ridge crowned with ancient holly trees, whose gray-green trunks seemed to have been built out of the very stone of the hills. Their dark leaves shone, and their berries glowed red in the light of the rising sun. Gandalf stood at Frodo's side and looked out under his hand. We have done well, he said. We have reached the borders of the country that men call Holland, many elves lived here in happier days when Aregian was its name let us be glad that the first stage of our journey is safely over i think we will rest here not only today but tonight as well there is a wholesome air about holland much evil must befall the country before it wholly forgets the elves if they once dwelt there that is true said legolas but the elves of this land were of a race strange to us of the sylvan folk and the trees and the grass do not now remember them only I hear the stones lament them. Deep, they delved us. Fair, they wrought us. High, they builded us. But they are gone. They are gone. They have sought the havens long ago.
0: Yeah, Aragion is a thing of the past. Yep. It is history.
1: Sucks. One of the only anarchist strongholds
0: yeah. in all of Tolkien. Yeah. So, just a few final thoughts. Yeah, we we uh, learned that Ereregian essentially is kind of an anarchist stronghold. We thought that was really cool. It's kind of based, and uh, even in this in the version of the story that uh, starts with Galadriel and Kelleborn, they're even driven out by the anarchists. Yeah, popular which is revolution. really interesting. Um, yeah, and uh, I always thought it, I always think it's interesting when we find out that there's multiple versions of history.
1: Yeah, that I didn't know. I wasn't expecting to see that in this outline.
0: Yeah, there was so much information in the chapter of uh, Galadriel and Kelleborn in oh my the God. Unfinished that, Tales. There's ca- so that much. That
1: chapter is just so long and crazy.
0: And because they have their hand in so many events, uh, Tolkien was uh, retconning them into so many events. There's so much information about. Other events in that chapter that you wouldn't expect to be there. I found a whole bunch of information mm-hmm. in that chapter about various things. Anyway, very interesting. Very cool.
1: Yeah. Another thing we really loved
0: is the friendship between the Noldor and the dwarves because we hate to see our friends fight. Right. And, you know, this is also one of the things that we think they did so well in the show yeah. is covering the friendship between the elves and the, and the dwarves. And this and it's it, only
1: going to get tighter in season yeah, two. In, yeah, and
0: right now it's between Elrond and Durin, uh, but we should be seeing a friendship Narvi develop between Narvi and Celebrimbor, too. Narvi and Celebrimbor, yeah. yeah. So this is going to be dope. Yeah, this is technically the closest elves and dwarves Ever are. Ever well. are. They're tight as fuck. It's pretty fucking cool. So, uh, the and the Eregion, it's just, it's a very interesting region to know the history of because the, the rings of power originated there. Mm-hmm. And the Gwethi and Myrdan are such an interesting group of people, such good smiths. Totally, totally. To, to produce all this shit. Yeah. Um,
1: and a labor union syndicate, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: essentially. In, in some accounts, uh, because they made the... The 16, the 20 rings, the main rings of power, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, there are some accounts that say that they made many, 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 many other- Oh, minor rings, yeah. Minor rings well, of Well, because yeah. in The Hobbit- Gandalf mentions-
1: Gandalf mentions that, and he thought that for years that that, that Bilbo's ring- was, was one of these lesser magic rings probably made in Eregion by the mm-hmm. elves, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they made all sorts of shit in Eregion, and then it was- completely destroyed and it's yeah. just passed into history they completely raised it to the ground and the refugees either left middle earth or established rivendell
1: i can only imagine the things that they made out of mithril ban
0: it must have been so cool it yeah, must have been so great because you've got the best smiths there are and the first time they've ever come in contact with that much mithril so it's just they must have made amazing shit
1: i wonder if uh bilbo's mithril coat comes from uh, a regian originally
0: I would suspect that it would come from the dwarves because the dwarves are, t- are particularly uh, are explicitly the most skills in the linking of rings oh, into mail. That's right. Mail. Mail is the, d- their thing. the dwarves are uh, unrivaled in mail making. In mail making, and considering mithril is also their thing, I'd imagine they probably made that. And it didn't.
1: It also doesn't really seem that the the mirdane were into weapon craft. Yeah, very, very I, much. I I can find anything. Like none of the famous anything... shit that they made were weapons.
0: Right. Yeah. It seemed like it was all jewels. They're they're jewelsmiths. So and they're we'll
1: anti-war s- as well. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. These are true anarchists, my friend. You're really yeah. connect, you're really connecting all these dots.
1: <laughs> I wonder uh, if everyone's going to be pissed off while I'm saying <laughs> this,
0: but you know, it's, it's interesting because it does it, all fit. This it's the, interesting. To all canary. fit the the definition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. But uh, that's all about all we've got for you today, guys. We had really fun with this one.
1: Yeah, we did. Um, hopefully you like the bit. <laughs> I wrote that very quickly and it, it's kind of spilled out of my brain. And Power like, bit. I yeah. thought it was fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. It fit.
0: The out. bit fit. <laughs> so next week we've got episode 74 and that is going to be our season our mid-season finale uh, for season six here, and we will be covering the War of the Elves and Sauron. Well, realistically, you also get the holiday special coming up. Yeah, holiday (laughs) special is going to be coming. (laughs) So there'll be more of us to cover. That's going to be coming closer to the new year. But, uh, yeah, that's all we've got for you this week. So thanks again for listening to K.O.T. Podcast, you guys. And uh, a huge thank you to our patrons.
1: Yeah, and if you want to become a patron uh, and have us be so utterly thankful to you, <laughs> uh, subscribe to Patreon to help support us. Uh, it's www.patreon.com slash KOT podcast.
0: Yeah, this helps us bring you the great uh, new content at the same quality that you come to expect. Uh, it also helps us bring you uh, little special projects like the uh, Hagerty Museum. Yeah, that whole presentation. thing was uh,
1: was highly subsidized by uh, yeah the Patreon by the patrons.
0: If it wasn't for patrons, that wouldn't have happened. Go check out episode sixty nine. Yeah,
1: you got us out there to Milwaukee, and we saw things that some people have never fucking seen. Yeah,
0: it was something else. So thank you so much to our patrons. And if you're more of a one time doma- donation, if uh, you know uh, a monthly donation is not your your speech, then we can make one-time donations happen as well. We've got PayPal and other services. Just contact us and we'll make it happen.
1: We'd also like to go out of the out of our way to thank the one-time donors that funded our trip
0: to Twin Cities Con. Yes, our recent trip to Twin Cities Con. Go check out some of that content on our social media. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um,
1: totally, totally a lot of fun. We got to meet Elijah. Uh, got to get a picture with Elijah Wood and uh, Sean, Astin. Sean Astin. We got Astin. to
0: see their panel, too. That was super interesting.
1: Yeah, you got to see the mayor of Minneapolis be a... Uh, a schmuck. A schmuck in front of
2: thousands of people.
0: It was hilarious. Yeah, good. Oh, that was a lot man. of fun. Thank you so. Oh, thank check you so much. Check out that
1: video, you guys. You, you need to, if if you're from the Twin Cities, you need to see that video. It's hilarious. Um, it's on our Facebook page. Check it out.
0: Yeah, and so don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Wherever you go to will be Keep on Tolkien Podcast. Make sure to stay up to date with our new episodes and please rate us and give us a review while you're there.
1: Yeah, join us on social, uh, follow us on social media. Join the Discord, server name Keep on Tolkien Podcast. There'll be a link to join that in this episode and every past episode for a long time now and in many of our YouTube videos. So check for it in one of those places.
0: Follow us on Twitter, at KOT Podcast. Yeah, follow us on Facebook uh, forward slash official Keep on Tolkien. While you're there, don't forget to join the K.O.T. Talk group and, uh, you know, ask questions and share memes and uh, join some discussions. It's a good time.
1: Yeah, and also follow us on Instagram at Keep on Tolkien Podcast. And don't forget, forget to check out the new merch store. Merch store. Nurch merch. And that's at uh, keep on tolkien com. And please check that out, guys. It's really, really cool.
0: No, we love our merch.
1: We love our merch.
0: But that's all we got today, guys. I'm Daddy J. And I'm Joel N. And uh, we are Keep, Keep on, on,
1: Tolkien. To Luba.
0: That's nice. a Catholic hymn, yeah, isn't it. it?
1: Lay our lives before thee. <laughs> how we love you.
0: <laughs> Bye, guys. Bring us out. Thanks, man.